are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is The Dark Verse, testament scrawled in hidden places and on nether things, with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. I should be receiving a completed copy of The Dark Verse, Volume 2, In the Blood of Death very very soon probably next week so you can be assured that i will be selling these wonderful books in the very near future now it is time for a story this is episode 83 of the dark verse and it is entitled dmv dream magic and the vessels I called my house the Old Souls Orphanage, a haven for the elderly without a place to call home. Those in the latter years of life who had not the funds or family to be given the living quarters of comfort and peace that were deserved came to my abode to receive well-appointed accommodations. I gave them what no one else would, and I did it without fee. My only requirements for those that stayed within my walls were that they had no illness and were self-sufficient. My house did not have the personnel or equipment necessary to deal with conditions of health and dependency. The house, which in actuality was a mansion, was built of stone and brick. It stood three stories tall, holding nine bedrooms, six bathrooms, three studies, each with a fireplace and a unique collection of books, a large kitchen and pantry, a dining hall, and an extensive basement connected to the rest of the house by a spiraling passageway void of steps. A signature of the house was the numerous appearances of the symbol of my practice. It consisted of a crown turned on its side with two identical orbs, one within the crown and one beside it. On the exterior of the house, it was set in stone walls, it was etched in the glass of the windows, and it was cut in the hedges of the green landscapes and in the stones of the grey pathways. On the interior of the house, the mark also appeared in abundance on doors and carpet patterns, but its unequivocal glory came from the multitudes of commissioned paintings hanging on the walls. Each painting contained a different interpretation of the symbol's meaning expressed through bizarre and complex imagery. One painting heralded a swarm of butterflies without revealing them, 
Only the elusive shape of a single signature pair of wings joined with and protruding from a daunting mass of shadow told of the creatures hanging in the space above the visible scene. The cluster of butterfly shadow loomed over a gigantic, flourishing stalk of horse nettle surrounded by a nation of withering flowers. Another painting captured a lion caught beneath its small elephant prey while flies danced in excited propagation. Endowed with spider-like abilities, Webb extended from the insects like streamers, wrapping around the lion and encasing it in a half-completed tomb. These paintings gave the symbol breath and meaning, that without would have left the symbol prostrate and unable to command the coveting of its beholders. I built the house in the prime of my youth, using a small fortune that I amassed performing tricks of magic across the world. I hired a team of men and an architect to carry out my structural desires. On the day of its sublime and perfect completion, I could think of no bounds that would hinder me from the inspiration of my most heart-filled hopes. My skill in magic was a gift bestowed upon me through my readings of the Dream Tome, a book itself only existing and read in the vicinities of dream. Its essence eluded the most skilled adventurers of hypnagogia and baffled the most traveled of astral projectors. Unlike the books of man, this work was written by a being not from the realms of tangibility. This being faced not death or any other ailment of time's course. It was absolute. It had no need to record its learnings, but it knew things beyond comprehension and had reasons for its doings. One reason was me. To this being, the everywhere, the hidden, as it penned itself. The knowledge was ordinary and without flair, but to a physical entity, to me, the knowledge activated unbelievable, uncanny powers. I alone had access to this knowledge. I alone had dream eyes. In the old soul's orphanage, there was never death. Resident after resident would fill my rooms, but those proceeding would never perish. They lived on. They lived forever. The elderly beautifully unionized with my work. I gave them what they desired and more, and they gave me what I desired. And what I needed were vessels, transports. I gave these fortunate, privileged people supremacy over death, and in return, I used them to harvest the riches, the powers of distant worlds. The process of my reaping was not abrupt, and so my residents enjoyed the fruits of my luxurious estate. I had to prepare varying specific spells for my guests to unlock the hidden glow of indestructible life within them, and I worked on five to six different spells at any given time. On average, a guest of mine would be with me for six months before I utilized his or her shell sending its transmogrified contents careening through wondrous and abyssal dimensions alike to collect the properties that would lead me to my truest desires. By the day my own age ripened, I had 367 vessels gathered at my will, supplying me with the indomitable relics of fearsome dream magic. I now had to cast my most magnificent spell.
The contents of the dream tome were not gleaned by a compass of words. Its lessons were visions, vision after vision of truths and sciences and craftsmanship. And in the core of its sights was the everywhere, the hidden's will. That ultimate will was my last feat within the world of things physical. I led the last resident of the old soul's orphanage down the spiraling ramp to the basement. We spoke of old literature and its inspiration as we descended into darkness by candlelight. He journeyed with the cane and I with the energy and spring of supernatural youth. Painting after painting lined the walls, coming into view for a moment or two before again vanishing into blackness. Each painting's contents, as the descent prolonged, were more extravagant and queer than those preceding. The air, too, became more crisp and hollow, folding around the skin with a bite of chill. A few chuckles here and there acted as the determinant of a resplendent conversation. Trust and companionship held this man within my power. He followed me without reluctance. He listened and believed my words without doubt. All of the residents had been held in my allure. We reached our destination in lively moods. The passageway opened up into a large, almost entirely empty space. Ten torches burned along the circumference of the circular stone arena. On the far end of the room, a wooden desk sat with parchments and books piled high. I asked the old man if he minded taking a seat upon an ornate cushioned chair in the middle of the basement, the only other piece of furniture occupying the area. Its velvety skin was a vivid emerald green, and tassels fell from its arms. He acquiesced with pleasure and slowly slid into its hold. I pulled out a watch from within my pocket. It was a charming and beautifully crafted device of gold. A wavy line spiral was etched into the cover of its encasement. Not but a foot away from the last resident's face that I begin to rock the watch back and forth like a pendulum from its affixed gold chain. Then I spoke with my rich and soothing voice. Give back your sight, your mind, your blight, to primal day's preceding light. Retreat in time to before your form, where in a dream you are truly born. The old man closed his eyes, entered sleep, and vanished. Each piece of himself, down to the atomic level, dispatched within an invisible transmission into the realms of dream. I myself then sat down in the chair and relaxed into slumber. Upon entering dream, I greeted the old man, although he was not old or a man any longer. He did not have a face or limbs or a body. He was very simply there, a vessel of misty, shifting energy. I told him of his location and of what he had to do. He listened and obeyed as much as he always had, and then he was off to distant realms on the assignment of gathering. I took in the surroundings I was all too familiar with as I watched him set out. There were all colors and there were none. There were all things, but there was nothing. There were all thoughts, but there was silence. 
Here was there, and now was then. Far was further, and truth was imagination. No beginning, no end, forever and ever and ever. It was now time for my own journey. I traveled through this realm to the source of the dream tome. I traveled not distance, but the tides of sleeping men and women, through visions they not created, but a place that had them create, a place that always was and would always be. I traveled until I came upon it, the everywhere, the hidden, in a place that I had never before had the power to reach. It coiled with the blackness of nightmare, it swirled with the purity of wishes, it erupted with the intensity of fantasy. Its immensity was always, its presence was overwhelming. Inside it I saw myself, I saw what I could have been, I saw worthlessness and I saw riches, I saw remarkable feats and I saw misery. I saw all possibilities and all the reveries and terrors possible within those possibilities. I had completed the dream tome, and I had completed the will of the everywhere, the hidden, and as I existed before it, I saw an image of words, words sharply comprehensible and bludgeoning to the sight. Join with shape and breath and brain, become a pawn of time and pain, embrace the world that you may touch, and there be doomed with a death's crutch. No, I screamed with inaudible communication as what I read became real. This was not what I wanted. This was not the way it was supposed to be. I wanted to be free, forever in dream. Yet as panic raced within my essence, the truth of the deed became like crystal. I truly had attained my deepest ambition. As the spells in my house had always been, I said them aloud to the recipients, and so now, too, the spell was cast by my recitation, not upon myself, but upon the master of my practice, upon the everywhere, the hidden. It would return to my body so that it would one day cease, and I would remain in dream forever and ever and ever. That concludes episode 83 of The Dark Verse. Download or listen to all of the past episodes at thedarkverse.com. All stories on The Dark Verse are the sole property of Shark Child and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love. Love.